everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dram Fine, the podcast where we like to talk about everything whiskey. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Pamela. In this episode, we're going to chat about the interesting career of the Royce, female distillery manager from 1958 until 1973. She's a famous icon in the whiskey world. Let's talk about Betsy Wilkinson. Well, enjoying our feature whiskey of this episode, Lafroig Watercast. Let's do it. How's it going? Really good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I, uh, you know, did you notice how it's snowing outside? Oh, I know. I actually have been taking so many photos. Like, it's back. Oh, it's yeah, it's back. And with a vengeance. I mean, I don't really care that much because it's like, it's inevitable at this point. We live in Edmonton. We should know better by now. So just trying I know, to know, but it's real. It's real. But you think of the positives. Now it's like a fish. I know it's always time to drink whiskey, but it's like, this is whiskey drinking season. You're right. Go ahead, keep fire. warm. Somewhere. Now I, like, I got to warm myself up with this yeah. sauce I have in here and it's socially acceptable. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good time. <laughs> no, I've been actually quite enjoying that. I've, um, I like Christmas and all that though. I like yeah. the snow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like the cold. I don't like snow. I don't like the season being eight months long though. TBH. So. Okay, okay. Enough about talking about the weather, as interesting as that is. Let's actually get into talking about some whiskey, uh, some whiskey yeah. news. So um, you might know Halloween is approaching. Are oh, yes. Nervous? Yeah, I'm a big Halloween fan. You are. Um, I feel like it's like always Halloween at your house in some way. Is that just because I'm weird? I, mm, I just feel like you have like a Halloween That's, aesthetic. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I now have a graveyard out the front of my house. Yeah, that, that, was, there, that was there since <laughs> August. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, nobody's actually been buried out there. I've no murdered anybody. Um, yet. Yeah, no, I love Halloween. Um, how? What's the, what's the connection well, with whiskey? Well, here? I was going to say, so I was reading an article in the Whiskey Advocate. I'm sure our listeners have read that a few times. It was an article written by Brittany Risher, and she uh, pairs uh, whiskey with Halloween candy. So, oh, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, my favorite, she she mentions pairing the Glenmorangie Signet, which is a very chocolatey dram. If you've never had one before, um, she pairs that with uh, peanut butter cups, Reese's peanut butter cups, and I was very oh yum. It got me very in- intrigued. Um, and uh, another one, too, which is interesting. She pairs the Ardbeg 10 with um, Butterfinger, which I thought was cool because Butterfinger is kind of like that salty, kind of crispy, salty caramel. I was just going to ask you what that is. What's a oh, Butterfinger? Oh, yeah, because you're not from these parts. I know some sweeties, but... Um... Sweetie. I don't know. I don't know what that. Oh, shut up. I don't know what that. I don't know what Butterfinger is. I didn't know what sweeties were until Chris told me that. I thought he was just... An was, for me. was it just a pet name for yeah. you, oh, sweetie? sweeties? Oh, oh you meant those gummy worms, or you meant like, that chocolate? <laughs> it's like pass the candy immediately. Oh, um, yeah, so, so so Butterfinger. Um, I think he was had a nice endorsement by Bart Simpson back in the day. Um, mm. Can't can't we don't keep your fingers off my Butterfinger? I believe was the tagline. But um, yeah, so it's just like an, a really. Uh, yeah, kind of salty, peanut butter, flaky, delicious chocolateness. And pairing that with the Orbeg 10, where it has that kind of, um, you know, sea, salty sea air mixed with like mm. the briny seaweedness. I can see that working. 
Oh yeah, I can see the the peanut butteriness. Yeah, yeah. salty, yum. I mean, that sounds good. It's, yeah, any excuse to pair scotch with candy. I'm, I'm into that actually. I might do that at Halloween just for myself. Yes, <laughs> you'll find a pairing for everyone. Oh, there's also the new <laughs> Yamazaki Twelve. Uh, with a uh, Skittles, which oh, interesting. If I can get myself a, a bottle of Yamazaki Twelve, then that's going to be hard. But I will definitely pair it with some Skittles. Well, what would you pair with the Lafroy quarter cask then? Since that's, I wish we had some snacks now. Oh yeah, what would I pair with the Lafroy? Well, as we know, very big smoky whiskey, peaty whiskey. Um, something with a little salt. So maybe like a oh, remember that? Remember the the crunchy bar remember crunchies it's like that big oh, block of toffee salted toffee oh i with the chocolate around it yeah delicious i'm gonna love say a that. crunchy what about you what do you think um i'm just trying to think of those um you know the mixed pack of chocolate you get here for halloween it's got the coffee one in it and what's the other one the crunchy one crispy crunch crispy crunch crispy crunch would be good yeah Actually, the coffee crunch could be the coffee one could be good too. I think maybe just eat my way through that pack, that mix pack with it would actually work. I think we need to, uh, yeah, we need to try this. We need to do real life experimenting. Well, if anyone out there has any good candy pairings with scotch, let us know. Yes, send them our way. Awesome. Okay, so feature whiskey of the podcast. We're going with the uh, Lafroig Cordicask. Uh, she's a Nice Isla Scotch, and uh, she's big girl. She's forty eight percent, and uh, it's kind of interesting too. So quarter cast. I know if you guys ever listened to our episode on barrels, I kind of talk a little bit about um, casking, and uh, they use smaller quarter casts where they can get um, way more contact of the distillate to the barrels, so you can get a lot more of that oaky kind of kind of flavor um, in a shorter amount of time. So yeah, this this scotch is kind of known for its uh, not only big smoky peat, but a nice kind of subtle sweet softness as well that comes from kind of their method. Yeah, cheers. We'll we'll drink this while we you uh, chat about your topic today. Okay, have you ever heard of Bessie Williamson before? No, can't say I have. So she was the distillery manager at Laphroaig from 1938 until 1972. Mm, well, she's she's Thank seen you. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, history. <laughs> During, at this time, like she was Scotland's only female distillery manager. And I first read about her when I was at Laphroaig Distillery. Um, they have like a, a big display with the timeline of the distillery's history. And she's clearly heavily featured in it uh and then uh, i read that whiskey women book by fred minnick uh this last year and uh, it really st- her story just really struck a chord with me and how important she was uh, and to the world of whiskey she graduated from glasgow university which is a very prestigious university by the way Ooh, la, la. Uh, mm-hmm. and after finishing her studies she decided she deserved a wee holiday like don't we all? I went and holiday after I finished uni. Um, she decided to go to Isla. So apparently she wanted to experience air travel, but just wanted to do a short journey. So Isla was 
the one just a couple hundred and <laughs> just a couple hundred miles she's good well i mean today the flight from glasgow to isla i think it's like 25 minutes or oh. something so i wonder how long it was back then well, she's just starting small but starting small <laughs> i wonder if she ever went anywhere else no she does she does we find out later oh. um so um I have you ever been on one of those really small planes carry like 20 people like a oh i've been on a like a cessna like a single engine four seater plane. Whoa. Yeah. Check you. Yeah. I've got the goggles on. Yeah, those ones that one's terrifying. Um don't do that. And the person <laughs> I've I've also been on a helicopter, which was even more terrifying. But I have been on the smaller ones, like 20 seaters, I think from Edinburgh to Glasgow. Yeah, right. They're like a little kite in the sky. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, fun. Uh, anyway, she wanted to be break after getting her degree. And uh, while she was there, at some point, she picked up a local newspaper and saw a job advertised for a typist at Lafroig, and she got the job. So she was supposed to just be there for a couple of months, but she actually ended up staying there for her entire career and obviously made waves while she was there too. Yeah, so she worked her way, worked her way up over the years. Yeah, well, at the time, mm-hmm. um, there the owner was a man called Ian Hunter, and he was like so impressed with her work ethic. He ended up giving her more and more responsibility all the time, uh, and then he actually trusted her with the distillery when he was traveling. So I guess she was kind of like gearing up for uh, becoming the manager early on there. Good for her, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, this was the 1930s, so female responsibility in business was pretty unusual. Yeah, so shortly after um, Hunter did suffer a stroke, um, and then he asked Bessie to take over his American affairs. So uh, that's when her responsibilities grew even more, and then she did become the distillery manager officially in the 1938. Right. So she so, so she's been at the Lef- for so sorry do you four know, years four years before she, that yeah she she went to isla the 34 and then uh, in 1938 she became the manager so yeah you're right she worked her way up over those couple of years got to know what was going on there and uh obviously she was a very hard worker yeah. so yeah nice um good job, Betsy. yeah good job i mean um Sure, apparently there were rumours about their relationship, but like, I feel like you've got to take into account that, the, you know, it's an island, I'm sure rumours are rife. And um, maybe also seeing a woman in those days kind of gain notoriety over a small period of time, they're like, well, it has to be not because of her merit. Maybe it's something else. Or, but who knows? Maybe... Who knows? Mm, but four years is such, isn't actually that short a period of time. But um, like, I mean, a woman should just be no, no, noticed for being good at a job and be respected enough to be given the title she deserves. Well, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. the relationship was platonic. So, <laughs> the yes. relationship was platonic and she was the most qualified for the job. So there you go. Um, rumors aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, uh, her job wasn't always that straightforward, though, because as you noticed from the time that the dates that I gave you there, it was during the Second World War. So um, Lafroig actually became a facility in the war effort. Did you know that? I didn't. What uh, What did they do? 
Well, it became home to some soldiers who she would have to host there and they used it as a base for a number of years. Uh, so she also became well-versed de- like dealing with the military. It'd be a great place to be held up at, I feel, if I was a soldier. Stay at a... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like from what I've read, she's she was a pretty straight-talking woman, but one of the things as well was, like, very much making sure that the military didn't, uh, number one, dr- didn't drink all the stock that they had. Uh, she single-handedly <laughs> stopped a military from drinking all their... Like, that's power right there. Uh, I don't know how she did that, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, you said uh, single-handedly, she had one person there by her side um, w- because every able-bodied man was needed to fight. Um, most of the stuff were gone. Yeah, that's right. So she actually lobbied and petitioned to keep one uh, like very valued worker by her side, and she she won. Oh. She won the petition to have him there help her. Oh, the guy got to stay behind. So there were actually more than 200 soldiers stationed there at Lefroy. A lot of boys. So a lot of lads there. So yeah, Lefroy became like a major hub during the war. Uh, and she'd be signing off on shipments of bullets and bombs and, and whiskey. Trenches. <laughs> yeah. Imagine having to to clean up a bun- uh, after 200 stinky boys. I'm sure they're very clean because it's the military, but at the same time. Like, well, military, come on. Here. A lot of guys. Yeah. It's a lot of people to have um, in a building that you're working in. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to get on with things. But yeah, so they were apparently always asking to take over more space and more areas within the distillery. So she, well, we know she was a very ingenious businesswoman. She somehow managed to work things in such a way that she and the distillery got something out of it too. So for example, um there was a time where they wanted some space to hold 450 tons and she suggested that they use one of her units that can hold 400 tons and just, you know, suggested that they upgrade the space to hold what they need so that when they're gone, then she could then hold an extra 50 tons. Yeah, capacity. Smart, smart move. That's business acumen. Yeah. Unfortunately, however, she was still referred to as secretary on many documents <laughs> from the ministry, despite like proving herself so much there through that time. Oh man! After she's like single-handedly running the place. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, well, in uh, 1954, poor old Dean Hunter passed away. However, he did actually leave the distillery to Bessie. So, really, what a guy! Well, yeah, she's off. She obviously did right by. She well, yeah, did right by him, huh? Very yeah. loyal. What? When, when did he die? Do you say what year? Does it say fifty four? Nineteen fifty four. So she's been there for quite a while by then, too. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Why? That's crazy. So she, uh, yeah, she got started on a new project uh, as soon as that happened, and she was determined to have Lefroy not only use for blends, but she wanted to really break into that like single malt market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the early ni- early 1960s, she was on TV, like some TV show uh, being interviewed about whiskey. And there's actually a quote from her saying, we can't supply the demand that we have for our whiskey. Yeah, and just like that, like she created demand right there from that one liner. Nice, power yeah. of TV. Para TV, well, back then, my yeah. word. Um, Magic box. 
<laughs> yeah. So she then did like a tour of the US and was like the brand ambassador as well as all, all those other like hats that she she was wearing, uh, spreading, you know, the good word about Laphroaig and ultimately paved the way for the rest of those distilleries to follow suit, those Isla distilleries. And now uh, it's arguably the most famous whiskey region in Scotland. Yeah. Who knows where they'd be without her? If she didn't do that, yeah. I mean... I wonder. Like, all, um, sorry. Oh, another thing. All, all, all the things that she's uh, been through, and all the, all the uh, kind of obstacles she has, she had to go through as a distillery manager, and then owner, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's a lot of absolutely. Yeah, it's a huge journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and good to know that she then did make it to America on a longer flight. Well, she made it to America for that wee yeah. Isla one. Yeah, <laughs> she's a transatlantic woman. And she must have made it to Canada as well because she actually married a Canadian musician. Ooh. Well, you know, there's nothing sexier than a Canadian musician. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was going to say, you you have a thing for musicians. You should know. Well, technically, my husband is a Canadian musician. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's Canadian. He's a musician. So you must have something in common. (laughs) Yep. Me and Bessie. Bessie's. Bessie's. (laughs) <laughs> um but it doesn't um it doesn't end well oh. because she ended up starting to sell some of her shares but she you know she was selling them to kind of like pay for repairs to the distillery and things like that and um eventually lost control of the distillery um as she lost like the majority oh. share yeah and she gave the distillery almost 40 years of her life and like huge huge big decisions that she made that really changed the the whiskey industry. I wonder if she was at peace when she finally got out of, well, not finally, but when she gave all her shares away and stepped away. I wonder if she was at peace with that or if she was fighting to go. I, w- I wonder, because yeah. it would become your life at that yeah, point. But sometimes too, it's like maybe you've done your time and you're ready to, to, to retire, move on. Who knows? Yeah, there's actually like so much more about her. I just like really honed in on her career stuff but she was also like a philanthropist she cared for uh people and she would actually feed the hungry and find jobs for unemployed um so people must have adored her on isla like at that time like to sit down and have a drink with her yeah I, i was reading like a blog about her as well recently and they um said that she actually gets referred to as is the first lady of Lefroy. First lady of Lefroy. She's like the, the the pinnacle lady of Lefroy, I feel. Wouldn't she be? Yeah, like huge career. The, like what a yeah. huge career for, for a woman at that time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Before I, like I said, I, I wonder what Lefroy would be without her. Yeah. And Scotch whiskey, I think, uh, single malt in general after her, her stint on TV. So when, Chelsea, when you do finally get to Isla um, and you do visit Laphroaig, you'll get to check out that room with the timeline of their history and all that. And I'm sure you'll really enjoy that section on Bessie. Um, now that you know this little insight to her. Um, yeah. But no wonder they have a huge section on her. I mean, what an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. Like a huge chunk of, of history there. Uh, it's all it's all her. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there. So her. And, and uh now, yeah, I'll definitely look look for some some Bessie influences there now. But yeah, I, that that was really good information. Thanks, Pam. I didn't know that before. Well, I think now seems like a good time for us to dive into the Lafroy quarter cask in a little section we like to call 
Thirst. Thirst impressions. <laughs> okay. Thirst impressions. Thirst impressions. Thirst impressions. Thirst impressions. Well, my thirst impression, I mean, I've had Lafroig countless times by now, and I do enjoy it every little time, especially when I'm looking for just a big peat bomb. Mm-hmm. in around my mouth and uh yeah so <laughs> and like i mentioned at the top of the show um it, it is aged in these quarter casks so you get a lot of the oak the influence of the oak in there too so i think the kind of the pinnacle flavor descriptor of like a lafroy gets like yeah super peaty and oily and all these briny flavors but there is an underlying sweetness a hundred percent too mm-hmm. i i think it's yeah it's very sweet yeah i agree it's like raisin like raisin sweet like not like a dark fruity sweet but like a raisin sweet mm. i don't know toffee yeah it's really ri- like a rich sweetness right uh, you're trying to i would say like rich yeah but more of like a, i think it's kind of like this doesn't even make sense but like astringent but yeah <laughs> it's like astringent but like sweet like it's not like a big sherry cask where it's like no no covering your mouth it has this nice kind of sweetness that's not too overpowering. I don't know. I, I really, I like a Gulerfroig. It's a great one to introduce to people that are like, you want to, you want to try, you want to try a PD spot scotch? I got it. Here, try this, you know, and it's inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like readily available and, and uh, definitely a great price. Mm-hmm. Um, for me though, the first impressions, I feel like I get hit with like that smoke first and then peat second. Mm, okay. Like, I feel like I, I don't know, I taste them separately almost. Um, but then when I go back for more, then I get hit with that sweetness, oily stuff that you're just describing. Yeah. But it's also like very smooth it, well, and buttery almost. Especially like, when you add a little drop of water because when you take the Laphroaig, you, you you nose it first. It's like ethanol. Like I find I get a big whiff of like, it burns every hair in my nose like off. <laughs> it's like really like, it, yeah, ethanol. So you add a, add a couple drops of water and it really tempers it down. And then you can really taste that sweetness more for sure. And it doesn't like tamper down any of the smoky peatiness at all either. So I was really bad and didn't bother with a drop of water, but only because I'm in the basement. Maybe you're just too lazy. And I can't be bothered yeah. going to get it. Just <laughs> don't judge me. Say, just like just like hawk a loogie in there. Just don't do that. Just kidding. There's <laughs> <laughs> some water for you. But uh Okay. Um yeah, you're gross, but that's nice. Yeah. Um as <laughs> for times you're stuck in the basement. I'm stuck in the basement. I'm I'm enjoying it very much without the water. I have to say, yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I don't feel like I'm really missing a trick here. Yeah, that's okay. I won't judge you. But that, uh, as I say, like that sweetness um, that comes with this when you go back for a second drink, it's like then you get more like a heat towards the end, and then you just go back for more and just repeat the cycle. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice. I, I think it's just like if you're. I just like I said before, if you're just looking for. A nice peaty scotch with not too much to think about. It does the job. It's 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 as delivered. It's like as advertised. It's a well balanced, you know? nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, is it my favorite peaty scotch out there? Probably not, but it's definitely like one that yeah, it does the job. It's standard that you would have in your whiskey cabinet mm. for sure, though. Oh yeah, for sure. 
they also have relatively recently they put out um the lefroy triple wed which if you want a little bit more of i guess the kind of dark fruit rich sweetness to it um it kind of adds an extra layer uh to like maybe the, the quarter casket yeah i really enjoy that one Oh, you're right. The core range from Lefroig is absolutely brilliant. Like I think we both have mad love for Lefroig mm-hmm. in general. Yep. So I uh, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Don't stop doing you, Lefroig. You're doing it. <laughs> Okay, I guess that does it for episode number nine, which is actually the penultimate episode of season one. Um, Look how far we've come, Pam. Looks like Very made it. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, we just want to say uh, thank you to Stuart Bobbin for the creation of our theme song, This Is The Life. We are now available on all platforms, so make sure that you subscribe on your favourite any whiskey suggestions to feature reach out on instagram at dramfine podcast or email us dramfineyeg that's y-e-g at gmail.com we want to hear from you see you next time thirsty and precious that's the first time we said it together damn it we did it we did it This episode of Dram Fine is brought to you by the Boffy Wine and Whiskey Bar, Edmonton's number one place to go for whiskey with over 250 whiskeys, over 20 wines by the glass, an amazing menu of eats. It's uh, definitely a place to go if you like whiskey. We love it, so you should definitely check it out.